Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. Hope you all had a good Eid break and uh, some people who are back at work that you're having a good week, good start to the second half of the year. For those who are on holiday and listening to this, hope you're enjoying wherever you are in the world right now. And uh, the type of podcast interview that we're doing this week is all about remote working. It's a company that has pioneered software around remote working. So this might be interest to you if you're remote working this summer. It's been a busy week as ever in the global tech world. There's been a huge product launch by Instagram yesterday, Threads. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. And I think it's fascinating to see how a company can launch a new feature, a new product and get so many downloads in one day. I think they had over 30 million downloads in one day. Uh, which is no mean feat. Uh, so I think there's lots of lessons to learn there around uh, tech and product and launches and features and things like that. And also bigger discussions around media and the social web and where we're going. The word that was used in that release by Meta, Facebook, uh, Instagram yesterday was the Fediverse, which is a new term about distributed uh, media and content. So one to watch for sure. Uh, but as I said, this interview is all about remote working. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. With us on today's show is Kamal Ragad. He is the CEO and co-founder of Remote Pass. They are an onboarding and payroll platform for remote teams. Uh, th this is an all-in-one solution that helps companies to control the entire remote working lifecycle, enabling onboarding, payments, uh, managing and retaining staff effortlessly. Uh, good morning, Kamal. Good morning, Richard. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for joining the show. So, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about Remote Pass? Uh, of course. Uh, so, basically, Remote Pass is a platform for companies to easily hire anyone anywhere in the world, in countries mainly where they don't have a local presence. For remote teams, it is a super app for financial services and benefits, and mainly in developing countries. Okay, fascinating. There's so much to unpack uh, in this. Uh, you know, obviously remote working is a big trend, but also software and fintech that enables uh, companies to run uh, their modern businesses in a more efficient way. So how did you come up with the idea of Remote Pass? Uh, when did it start? And can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into it? So basically, our journey started back in 2011, and the idea was a platform for business travel and expenses. So we raised funding from local VCs. We launched six months of great traction. Uh, COVID hits, we see our numbers go down to zero overnight. And uh, after a couple of months, it became clear that it was time for us to pivot into something and uh, something that is more relevant to the uh, to the context back then and still today. Uh, and uh, yeah, we decided to go with the platform to enable uh, companies to hire remote workers. 
the funny thing is that we were already a remote first organization. So practically we knew all the pain points when it comes to hiring remote compliance, payroll. We knew that we were not doing things properly and we decided to build something uh, to help companies uh, overcome these challenges. Okay, fascinating. And how, how's it going sort of three years later then? Uh, things are going pretty well. Uh, I mean, we never imagined to have uh, this uh, kind of traction, and uh, uh, but uh, but overall things are going pretty well, as you can see around the world. Remote work has been adopted by companies from of different sizes, different backgrounds, and different uh, parts of the world. How much of the the timing of this and the product that you have now is directly related to the pandemic? In other words. Uh, if people aren't traveling and if they're not expecting anything because they're at home in 2020, then they can't use an expense app. And if remote working is taken off, then maybe a remote working product is needed. Is, do you think that, uh, is that how this happened or is it, you know, a natural evolution anyway? Well, uh, I don't think travel uh, is going away or, I mean, it just in our case, uh, it was, uh, we were at an early stage. It didn't make sense for us to wait for travel to come back. Uh, if you remember uh, during COVID, uh, after uh, like two months, uh, it became clear that things are not coming back to normal anytime soon and nobody knew how long this was going to take. Our early stage, we said, okay, we're not ready to wait for two years or whatever, uh, uh, long it takes and then uh, we it just became clear that we need to do something else and business uh, uh, remote work was uh, uh, just uh, uh, was just the right thing to do for us because we were already in b2b we were uh, interviewing our clients and uh, following the trends and everything was moving into the remote work direction that's fascinating, uh, you know, on the pivot and the early pivot as well. But as you said, you had a lot of the initial things in place. Uh, was it the same name and you already had, you know, similar types of skill sets in your company that could produce a different product? Yeah, I mean, there are some similarities. Look, it's the first of all, it's a B2B platform. It's SaaS. So there was the foundation that we built on. Uh, the second thing is our experience, as I mentioned, uh, in remote work. We were already a remote first organization and we had team members in different countries. So we were the first use case. And uh, yeah, so definitely we capitalized on so many things. And the thing that helped us a lot is that we already had a tech team in place. So we had tech and product team in place. So it made life super easy to build something quickly and ship it and start testing it with the uh, real uh, with, with users okay so if a, a company how many companies are using remote pass now so today there are over 800 companies that uh, are Amazing. on the platform and which countries are they from uh so i mean initially we just started with the UAE. today uh, the majority are located in gcc but uh, I would say about 30% of our clients are from the US and Europe. Uh, that's amazing. Well done. Uh, and uh, so what are they, what services are they using? What, what's available to them and how are they using it? Uh, our, so the, on Remote Pass today, uh, you have the ability to hire uh, 
remote workers, and these workers could be classified as contractors or full-time employees. So you have the option uh, to to choose. So companies are depending, I mean, we see different trends depending on the region. Like if we're talking about Africa, developing countries, uh, companies are using it to hire contractors. And uh, But in other countries, uh, companies prefer to hire full-time employees. So they have the choice. They get to do whatever they want on the platform and engage with these workers in their preferred uh, method. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's lots of HR software. There's lots of, uh, you know, even traditional ways of managing uh, people. What's specific about remote workers? Uh, you know, do you have, uh, what, what are the things that, you, that your platform does in terms of uh, banking details, in terms of, uh, digital features like signatures and all those sort of things? Uh, so today, Remote Pass covers the entire process, like end-to-end, -end, like from the moment you find that person, uh, you hire them through the platform, compliance, contract, signature, KYC, all of those things are done on the platform. No email is sent. So everything is done on the platform. Everything is saved on the platform. We're GDPR compliant, SOC 2, Type 2, uh, audited and certified. So you have your documentation in a safe place. And uh, throughout the month, you have a bunch of uh, HR tools to manage the day-to-day, -day, uh, such as uh, multi-expense uh, currency management, uh, sorry, uh, multi-currency expense management, uh, time off, uh, equipment, and uh, and so on. Uh, so basically, by using remote pass, technically, you do not need to use anything else to manage uh, your remote teams. However, we're conscious that companies do have their favorite tools, HR tools, or and then what we've done is we've built integrations allowing them to synchronize all the data from remote pass with whatever preferred tool they have in place for the rest of the team members. And uh, and the last piece is the payment. So basically, if uh, you have like 100, 1,000 or 5,000 remote workers on the platform, at the end of the month, you only make one payment. And remote pass will take care of the rest, paying everyone, wherever they are in the world, in the currency of their choice, the payout method of their choice and basically remote workers they have the full flexibility to choose how to get paid and uh, uh, and yeah so we streamline the entire process okay that's fascinating uh, you mentioned just uh, i'll break that down a little bit i'll get to the fintech part but uh, so you mentioned equipment and things like that so if an employee say um, i'm based in the uae and i have uh, a contract employee in bahrain or in lebanon and uh, I've agreed a rate with them, I've signed a contract, and I want to manage, say, 20 hours a week or 40 hours a week, but they don't have a laptop. How do I get them a laptop? And then, um, and then how do I also then check that they're working the 20 hours a week? Great. I mean, uh, look, I mean, if you have such cases, you could use your multipass, and within 10 minutes, you can set up this contract payment schedule. Uh, and so on. When it comes to equipment, we recently launched in beta uh, equipment leasing. So we cover over 120 countries when it comes to equipment and you can lease equipment for a duration of six months or 12 months. And then you don't have to worry about buying a computer, having to deal with shipping, 
customs, taxes, and all of those things. So the person would have the computer for six months, and when they're done, they will just our partner would just pick it up from them wherever they are in the world, and then uh, return it back to their warehouse. And it also covers, for example, tech support. So if they have an issue with the laptop or uh, they can just reach out to the support uh, team and uh, and they have 24-7 support to help them with anything related to equipment. And at the end of the month, of course, you get to pay them through the platform. And as a company, the great thing here is that you don't have to worry about, like as I mentioned, taxes, shipping, pickup, delivery, and uh, most importantly, the capex. Like how do you manage that on your accounting? And if the person leaves... And, uh, and so on. So you get to focus on your business and then we take care of the rest. And what about the m management? You know, one of the things about remote working that people have learned over the years is that in theory it works, but you actually have to structure your business around it. And one of the parts is software, but there's also uh, project management or layers of middle management to oversee and supervise that remote workers are actually working. So how does Remote Pass facilitate that? So for us, we do not get involved in the operational side and your relationship with the, uh, with the employee or contractor. Uh, but uh, I have to say that like really remote work, it starts with, uh, with trust. I mean, you have to be equipped and uh, have processes in place. Uh, of course, you don't have them like from day one, but these are things uh, work in progress that you have to improve. But it is really important that you trust, you hire people that you trust to work with you. For instance, in our case, uh, we have team members across 22 different countries. Uh, so we only hire people that we trust. They can do the job and they can deliver. And instead of focusing on what they're doing at 8 a.m. or at 12 p.m., uh, we focus on deliverables. We focus on output mainly. So this is the most important things. Everyone has KPIs and that they need to focus on. And the most important thing is delivery. So I, I truly believe that uh, trust is the most important thing, uh, whether it's remote or not. Uh, and focusing on output is key to, uh, key, key to success. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's interesting how you put it. I think, uh, you know, it's nice that software doesn't promise everything, but that people also shouldn't just rely on software to make an organization work, that it, it does what it needs to do. It makes what you're promising to be efficient management of remote employees from a uh, compliance point of view, from a payment point of view, from a contract point of view. But then obviously the business needs to function itself with tasks and management and uh, and communication and everything like that. But Kamal, you mentioned uh, the, the payments to many countries around the world. Um, in, in the Middle East and North Africa, there are certain countries that have uh, different payment challenges, whether it's currency fluctuations, whether it's uh, you know uh, remittance uh, challenges and things like that. How do you overcome some of those uh, payment issues? Yeah, uh, I mean, our region is really interesting. Uh, you look, every country has its own set of challenges, exotic currencies. And uh, at the same time, they, we have one of the most amazing talent uh, in these places. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, our platform, what it does before, if you worked for a company, the company would just send you uh, a bank transfer. 
right? Sometimes you get it after two days. Sometimes you don't get it after two days, seven days, and all of those things. And most of the time, you are forced to receive the funds in that specific currency that your employer uh, chose for you. With remote pass, <clears throat> we remove that layer, and then you get your funds on remote pass, and then you get to decide how do you want to receive them. So you could be sitting in Morocco, Egypt, or Lebanon and say, I want to receive my money in local currency, or I want to receive my money in USD. Or we've seen cases, the person says, I am in Egypt and I want to receive my money in Euro. That is possible. So we cover most currencies and you can receive money anywhere in the world, as long as the bank account is under your name. If you don't want to do bank account, you can choose uh, PayPal, you can choose Payoneer, or even in crypto. So you do have the ability to receive your salary or your payment in crypto. Uh, another product that we launched, and it's part of our super app for remote workers, is, which is the remote pass card. So it is uh, a debit card by MasterCard, and then which allows remote workers, mainly in emerging markets, developing countries, to receive funds instantly at zero cost. They get to receive their money in USD and hold their funds indefinitely. So this is a product that has seen so much success. And uh, like you mentioned, uh, users who do not want to convert their funds and they prefer to hold funds in USD. So uh, so this is a great product for them. So in that case, uh, the company would send them via remote pass, they would send them one of these debit cards and uh, they if they didn't have a bank account and they didn't have a PayPal, they could get a top up on the card and they would avoid some of the maybe expensive currency transfer fees. Obviously there'd be some fees, but there, it mightn't be as much. Well, I mean, the thing is like the company does not get involved at all. So the company has already agreed with the person. Let's say I'm going to pay you $5,000, right? I'm going to give you $5,000 and it's up to you to see how do you want to receive it? I do not want to be involved. And the person, they get to choose if they want to request the card or not. It's not up to their employers. So if I'm a remote worker, I get to say, okay, I request the card or I won't. And the, the other thing is that the card is portable. So if I move to another employer, I get to keep my card. I get to keep all of the benefits that I have under the, 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 the remote app, super app. Okay, that's really, so you're empowering the, the remote worker who's already an individual who wants to sort of manage their own uh, time and work anyway, so it kind of suits and it probably works well on that level. Uh, so what, what are the other things around, you know, uh, do you see this as sort of a, a is there some element of fintech here where you're managing payments and you're managing funds and uh, what sort of license uh, do you have? Which free zone are you licensed in the UAE and does that reflect on the fintech side? Yeah, so, so we have entities around the world. So depending on the product, I mean, for example, when it comes to payments, all of our operations are run out of the US or Singapore. So depending on the product that we're using, depending on, uh, on, the, on, the, on the payment provider, we are mainly operating out of the US. Uh, so on the payment side of things. Why is that? And then it is, uh, I mean, it's just the framework for what we try well, for what, uh, for what we're doing. It's more clear in the US. And uh, the other thing is that you have most of the 
payment providers are based out of the U.S., which makes things really easy for us to partner up with them because we do not send transfers ourselves. We do partner with payment providers, remittance uh, players to make these transfers happen. So we're connected. We have native connection with them via APIs. Everything is automated. So whenever there is a transfer, let's say to Egypt, the system will automatically pick up the most appropriate provider and then send that transfer with them. Okay, makes sense. The and in the day, UAE, where did you the register agents, the business? So we're not. Uh... Hello. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, uh, we'll try that yeah. again. In the UAE, where did you license, set up the license and register the business? So our our group is set up across many countries. So we have entities in different countries. And depending on the product, uh, depending on the service that we're providing, we would choose uh, uh, an entity. Like for instance, everything related to payment is operating out of our US entity or Singaporean entity. Uh, simply because the, the framework is more favorable, I believe. And uh, we do work with uh, payment providers, and uh, they most of them happen to be in the U.S. So it makes things really easy for us to partner up with them to make these transfers happen around the world. Okay, makes sense. And in in Dubai and UAE in particular, where did you license the business? So we're licensed at uh, ADGM. Okay, and do you have a free zone also in the UAE? Yes. Where's that? It's free zone. Uh, a free zone license. Okay, but uh, do you have uh, do you have employees working in one of the free zones, say in Dubai, for example? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we do have employees uh, in the UAE and uh, working out of ADGM as uh, as well. Not necessarily in ADGM because we're fully remote and everyone works from home or uses uh, one of the co-working spaces. But uh, but yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So, so, for example, in, in the UAE, in that case, if you have remote staff, then do they need freelance visas? I mean, they're considered employees. They have a remote work visa. Okay, but and then are they employees under your ADGM license or do you have another free zone license in the UAE? Uh, they're employed under ADGM. Okay, makes sense. And so, uh, so that's interesting. And of the eight hundred companies that say work with uh, Remote Pass, how many of them, Kamal, would you say are sort of remote first, or uh, are, in terms of the breakdown? So uh, I would say less than ten percent are remote first. Uh, the rest are they do have parts of their business that is remote. Uh, so, and mainly like you see this on tech product and, uh, and everything, graphic design, content and support. So these are the departments where companies usually resort to remote work and they capitalize on the talent, uh, that is the, the talent pool in Africa and, uh, in, in other countries in MENA. The, the reason I asked that question is because just for the listeners to understand you know, when you're running a company, software procurement is something that you have to understand, what software do I need for which things? And a lot of people 
a lot of companies might think that they need a HR software to do onboarding and expenses and uh, many things like that, maybe not payment. And then if they need to get freelancers, so if they're, you know, 90, like one of those 90% of those companies that most of their staff are full-time in an office, uh, and then for certain skills they need to outsource or get freelance, they might use an, another software that isn't a HR software, such as a freelance portal online. Uh, and so what do you think of that analogy in terms of, uh, do you have people who use you as a HR software because they're 100% remote? And do you, or do you have people who use you instead of a, a freelance software because they need extra skills from elsewhere? We, we see both case, cases, Richard. So, I mean, even we are, are living proof. So ourselves, we use remote pass for our local employees, for our remote employees, remote contractors. Uh, we do not use any other external tool. So, so yeah, I mean, we have different cases. Okay. Companies so, have different so, uh, needs, yeah. So sometimes, so say we use a Fiverr or an Upwork, and we need, uh, we need a specific job done, graphic designer, coding, or development. And when we work with, with some, when any company works with some individuals, uh, there is uh, acknowledgement on both sides that this individual might have other jobs as a freelancer. Uh, but, and do you have that situation where people are on remote pass and they've got uh, many types of revenue through remote pass with other companies? Uh, or is or is there acknowledgement that this is more like a, a, a full-time remote uh, piece of work? Yeah, I mean, that can happen. Uh, but in our case, uh, like from the contracts that we see on the <clears throat> on the platform, <clears throat> all right, the contracts that we see on the platform is uh, these companies are hiring these workers for uh, a long period of time and uh, almost on a full-time basis. So so it's not like Upwork or uh, other uh, freelance pla platforms where it's uh, gig works, short-term projects. <clears throat> Companies on remote pass are hiring for uh, for the long-term. Okay, but so I, it's a so then, slightly different case. Yeah, I understand. Thanks for explaining. So, so then, you know, as sort of, uh, as people sort of, bounced back from the pandemic and, you know, relatively people kind of came back to the office, especially in the UAE five days a week, other parts of the world three days a week. Um, do, do you see that there's, uh, that you're adding new features onto your s platform that isn't just for remote, remote workers now and could be used for, uh, like as a HR platform as well for full-time employees? <clears throat> Definitely, uh, we, it is something that we are looking at, and uh, and uh, in the future, depending on how things evolve, uh, we would be introducing new new features. I mean, at the end of the day, we just want to simplify. If we feel like we're adding value to what's already existing in the market, we will do it. Otherwise, we will partner with uh, other providers to make the experience seamless with uh, for 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 clients. Uh, do you think that the you know you know, during the pandemic, a lot of uh, narrative in the media was that uh, we're in a new world, uh, you know, it's everything's going to be remote first, uh, you know, commercial uh, units aren't going to be needed for offices. 
Uh, do you think that that narrative has kind of changed now and it's not as all or nothing as it was maybe perceived to be? Uh, I mean, look, not every company is made to be remote or have uh, remote workers. Remote work is not for every individual in the world. Uh, people have different preferences, uh, but remote work is definitely here to stay. I mean, uh, first of all, I mean, look at, uh, I mean, if you try to get everyone in a single country in the UAE or KSA, uh, it would be really hard to find all the talent you need and uh, try to hire from different places. And uh, I think that MENA companies have a real competitive advantage when it comes to talent. Uh, it's Africa alone has over 700 qualified tech professionals. And uh, if when you think about this, this is very comparable to uh, LATAM or if not larger. So, I mean, most countries in Africa are within a three hour time zone of GST, uh, are within three hours of GST. Uh, time zone and English language is pretty dominant. Uh, so companies can really capitalize on remote work and uh, tap into the, the, the talent pool in Africa. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, when you put it like that, usually people would say that Dubai particularly has, uh, it's such a nice city to live in that it's able to attract people to, but also uh, that this region <coughs> can access time zones is, is an important thing sometimes, especially in the service industry. Uh, when you have to, when, you know, business hours are of certain hours, uh, but obviously there's other companies who aren't as tied to sort of service industry as well. Um, you know, on, on that sort of point with respect to how, uh, how you're seen as a startup, you know, uh, when you raised funds before, uh, and I, I guess I'll ask this in a few different ways. Firstly, going back to what you said at the start, how did your initial investors um, receive the information that you were going, that you were changing from a sort of expenses business to a remote pass and a remote working solution? Were they did they think it was a good idea, and did they still sort of back you as they did at the start? Yeah, I mean that's. Uh... I mean, look, we're really fortunate to have like one of the most amazing investors uh, on board. So when that happened, uh, like when we did, we made decision to pivot, we didn't know what to expect. So my co-founder Karim and I uh, sat down and we said, okay, let's call each one of them, schedule a call, walk them through the thinking process and offer to give back the money. Since at the time we had not spent a lot because we were only uh, in operations for about six months. And then we spoke to every single investor uh, for like 30 minutes or so and then just explained to them. And every single one of them said, well, look, I mean, when we invested in you, when we invested, we invested in you, not on the, the company. So whatever you do, we're with you. So nobody took their money back even though we did offer it. And, uh, and uh, we are forever grateful for, for that. They were super supportive and, uh, and they still are. That's a really nice story that, and that you as founders were able to have the, uh, the communication skills to be able to manage and, and be upfront about it to the investors, whether you offered the money back or not, but just to be able to explain to them that the decisions. And I think that's a good way to sort of have them on board. But then as you sort of went on, did you, did you raise another round? And if so, if you speak to investors since then, 
what's what sort of opportunity are you are you presenting to them? Are you presenting them the remote working sort of total addressable market opportunity? Is that what you're speaking to them about? And how has investment gone since then? So yeah, I mean we've done about three rounds already, and uh, and yeah, like the our our the way we position our uh, our offering and what we're trying to do. Uh, so for us, we like what keeps us motivated every day is not only the ability to offer a platform for companies to hire anyone from anywhere, but the ability to we bring to the remote worker that is sitting in developing countries and to be able to work for uh, global companies. So that's why we wake up every day and get super excited about it. And the second thing is bringing financial services and benefits because most of the remote workers on the platform are located in Africa or in emerging markets. Uh, so emerging markets, I mean, they have different needs and, uh, and a lot of them lack access to proper financial services and benefits. So for us, we're super obsessed about the experience of re these remote workers. We introduced the card, uh, we introduced health insurance, and we continue to introduce more products. I mean, for example, today, if you work for uh, a company, or a global company, and you're based out of Morocco, uh, the chances to get, uh, I mean, it would be really hard to sign up for health insurance with a local company because the insurance company, they need to know who your employer is. And uh, if your employer is not within the country, most likely they would not want to have you on board. They would not want to sign you up. And what we brought to this type to these workers is the ability to sign up for premium health insurance for themselves and their dependents uh, instantly on the app, on the remote pass app. So on the remote pass app, they can sign up for it and they can pay monthly installments rather than committing to a full year payment. They get to pay monthly installments and they get to cover the loved ones. And uh, this is what excites us. And this is our mission to really empower these remote workers. And uh, uh, and uh, this is what we pitch to them. This is what we pitch internally. This is what why we wake up every day super excited. And this is what we tell our investors. So if I'm hiring a contract person or if any company is, usually, you know, they'd pay contract fee and then they wouldn't have to, uh, they wouldn't be seen as a full-time employee. And we see this as a regulatory issue in the US with gig workers and all that. But yep. then in other countries, there is there is obviously labor law, and uh, you know, as a as a responsible employer, you know, you, even though you don't have a legal entity in that country, you could follow guidelines of that labor law with regard to annual leave, uh, insurance, uh, things like that, and taxes. Uh, so, but but if a company doesn't have a legal jurisdiction there, then they don't have to follow that labor law, right? But so. How, how do you view that? Is, is it on the company or, or you're saying, no, it's more that you're empowering the employer, employee to be able to avail of the same benefits as they would if they were a full-time worker? That's a really good point. So here's the thing. When you hire someone in a country where you don't have a local entity, you get to use remote pass and decide whether you want to engage with that person as an independent contractor or as a full-time employee. If you want to hire them as a full-time employee, you tell us, hey, Remote Pass, I found this guy in, uh, let's say, in the UK, and I want to hire that person 
full time and pay their tax uh, uh, contributions, tax do tax withholding and all of that and offer benefits. We say, fine, we will hire them under our own entity and we will bill you at the end of the month the total cost of employment plus our fee. That's one way to go about it, right? In this case, the person gets <clears throat> all the benefits as if the company was located <clears throat> in the UK physically. The second option would be to hire them as an independent contractor. So when you hire someone as an independent contractor, by law, you're not supposed to buy them health insurance, provide them with benefits. So, so and then they are supposed to do their own taxes because they are self-employed. So what we do is we enable you as a company to hire them as an independent contractor, mm -hmm. depending on the arrangement that you have with them, whether it's fixed term, if it's uh, uh, hourly or milestone based. So you have different types of contracts. And then since you're not allowed to buy them health insurance or provide them with benefits, Remote Pass does. So we say, okay, your company is not allowed to do that because it's not compliant because there is uh, 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 an independent contractor client relationship, we're going to offer you these benefits. So if you want to sign up for health insurance, it's going to cost you X dollars per month and you can sign up and add dependents. If you want to sign up for the card, you can just get it instantly, virtual or physical and, uh, and so on. So in cases where the company is not able to provide these benefits, we come in as a third party and we provide these services directly to the contractor. That's fascinating. Thanks for explaining, uh, especially the the bit about that. Well, firstly, that you you can do it through your company, and there's an extra fee. But then, secondly, that uh, you know, a remote contractor, independent contractor, technically the company isn't allowed to to do those things because they don't have an entity on the ground. Um, so, so, so I guess that that's really clear now. Um, but just going back to the the stage that you're at now. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned three rounds. So uh, what sort of stage is the business at and what are the plans for the future? So right now at a, we're at a steady series A, series B stage. So, I mean, we've done already three rounds. So it's, uh, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I would say that we are at the series A stage. And sort of, and then plans for series B. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of, ask this in a different way, but are you still sort of positioning this as a, you know, the addressable market is a global remote working uh, audience, right? Like you're not necessarily saying, hey, uh, we want to sort of tap into HR software as a SaaS in, the, in emerging markets, but we can actually be someone who can, who can be of use to companies who anywhere in the world. We are that platform. Uh, if you need a platform that works, for example, in KSA for, to handle withholding tax, we are that platform. So you have, we have, <clears throat> uh, like, so we are adapted for the region. But at the same time, if you're a US company and want to hire, uh, want to use remote pass, of course you can do that as well. But in the US, in, in the region, we have quite an advantage. Uh, for local companies. The second thing is our offering for remote workers is, uh, I think we are the only ones in this space that does uh, the benefits and financial services for remote workers. And if a company is hiring in Africa or in developing countries, so it's, they would, they would find it very useful to work with us.
Can you just explain on the on Saudi and the holding tax, withholding tax? So is that usually on a company level, right? Or do you mean it from an individual point of view? Uh, from the company side, so uh, like for instance, in uh, some countries, if you're paying whatever service you're paying from uh, overseas, so you are supposed to pay a certain tax to the government, right? This does not exist in the UAE, but in other countries it does. So if you're paying a remote worker or if you're paying a provider or a service, you do pay a tax to the local uh, to the local uh, authorities. Now, that tax varies depending on the service, the country. Some countries have double treaty. And uh, so basically our platform handles for that. And that provides you with the report at the end of the month saying, hey, you have to pay uh, X uh, amount to the tax authorities. And here is a detailed report. So simplifying the entire process. And you don't have to really go into details and seeing which country has double treaty with uh, my country. So everything is handled for you. It sounds like that you or your team uh, need to have tax experts <laughs> who are experts in every country. <clears throat> we do. Uh, I mean, although we are a tech company, like the first thing that we started with is the legal and compliance framework. So in every country that we support, we have a local uh, firm that we work with. So we have our internal legal counsels, but we also work with uh, a local law firm in every single country that we support. And uh, we also have a local law firm that has a tax practice because these two things, they go hand in hand. And, uh, and uh, it's super important for us to make sure that uh, our documentation and whatever we promise to our clients are up to date. And, uh, and yeah, it's part of, uh, part of what we do. And, and so two ways of, of asking this, uh, how do you attract new businesses? Uh, does it come from the B2B side more than the employee side? And, you know, of that, then what's the breakdown of your team in terms of people who manage the legal side, people who manage the tech, and then people who manage the, the business development and marketing? So <clears throat> initially our business... Uh, <clears throat> business development efforts, it was founders-led. Uh, so Karim and myself were doing most of the sales efforts for the first eight months of the company. And uh, a lot of our growth was due uh, to word of mouth and uh, referrals. So companies would refer us to the second, to the third, to the fourth. So this is how we managed to grow for the first 18, uh, for the first eight months or so. After that, we built an internal team that does outreach and standard uh, cold calling, emails, and uh, reaching out to potential prospects. And uh, and now we have both uh, channels. So you have clients that come to us through G2 Trustpilot after they see our reviews or they land on our website through an ad and uh, they sign up on their own. Companies today, they can sign up directly on our website without even having to talk to us. And they can start using our services. Uh, now, when it comes to our team, uh, I would say about 35% of the, the, the team is uh, in tech and product, and 50% uh, and is in operations. Operations for us includes everything, support, uh, uh, everything non-sales. So support, marketing, uh, legal compliance, and so on. Okay. And how many people in total? 
So today we're close to 70 people. Okay, very good. And where are you based yourself, Kamal? I'm based in the UAE. And is your co-founder so here as well? Uh, my co-founder is based out of uh, the UK. Okay, so it is very much remote first. Um, I really like Pretty the concept remote. in terms of as a, as an employer to know that uh, to know that you're managing your contract employees in, in a way where you're looking after them, or at least there's a platform that's there to be able to give them the benefits that they need. Um, but for example, and, and this is in our, our situation, we weren't necessarily ready to open an office in Qatar, uh, but we knew uh, to build a publishing business, we had to sort of have someone on the ground. And we used a more traditional sort of PRO services company there, and we pay them. Uh, and then like, like, the, like what, what you said as a full-time employee, what you would be able to do, uh, uh, Imagine in a situation where we didn't do it that way. Is it possible to hire people in places like Qatar and the UAE where uh, it's a contract basis, uh, but, but then they don't have the visa and the insurance and things like that? Um, or do you have to do it where you're, you're, you're doing it through the company? Uh, I mean, look, every country has its own uh, set of uh, uh, regulations. So, for example, in the UAE, the UAE has been like, uh, it's so impressive. I mean, it's one of the first countries to come up with the remote work visa, which is pretty amazing. Like, uh, and then that, that was back in 2021 or late of 2020. And after that, about 43 countries have replicated the same, the same concept. So the UAE, yes, you can. So the UAE, you can, you can be self-employed and uh, and uh, consider the remote work visa. Now, if you already have a residency, you're already working for a company or have golden visa or anything else, you can work as a contractor and then you do not have to pay that person for for their uh, health uh, health insurance because they're supposed to have one already. So, so, so yes, there is a way uh, you can do that. Other countries are, it's really specific to, to the country. But as long as the person is uh, working there legally, they have, an, uh, if they're an expat and they have a, a legal residence, they should be able to work as a contractor as well. Okay, fascinating. Um, so lastly, you know, we're obviously in, you work a lot in emerging markets with Africa, uh, the Middle East. Uh, what's your view of this region? Do you think it's a, a market that will emerge and will become one of the, sort of uh, biggest uh, economies in the world in this region? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a big believer in this region. And uh, so as I mentioned, it is uh, underrated. And uh, so, and in the future, we would see more and more focus in, uh, in, in MENA. So, and uh, I mean, like I mentioned, Africa has over 700,000 tech professionals. That is a gold mine. And uh, so, so, so yeah, and we see it already. Like uh, when you look at Nigeria, they have the best talent when it comes to product, when it comes to FinTech. Egypt as well have the most, one of the most amazing engineers and product uh, uh, professionals. And uh, we do, we will see more and more uh, focus in this uh, uh, in this uh, in this region. So absolutely for sure. And as I mentioned earlier, it's uh, it's really hard for a company today 
Like, let's say tomorrow I ask you, uh, hey, Richard, go find 20 engineers, uh, whatever you are, in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, and uh, I guarantee you that it will take you about four to six months to find that talent, right? And if you open up you to remote work and hiring from abroad, you might be able to get those 20 developers uh, onboarded within one to two months because suddenly you go from uh, a talent pool of thousands to a talent pool of 700,000. So the chances to find the right person are really high. And also think about the interview process. All the time you waste, the person would waste to schedule interviews in person and all of that. With Zoom calls, you can fit an interview within your calendar easily and uh, even the process would be more streamlined. So, so yeah, I mean, apart from the cost, there is that efficiency aspect to it as well, especially for companies looking to scale faster and uh, get people uh, on board uh, as quickly as possible. It's a good pitch, Kamal. I'm definitely intrigued and also impressed with what you guys have done so far. It's not easy to execute an idea uh, with tech like this and also to navigate a new world that we're in. So well done. Uh, thank you for taking the time today. Thank you for being on the show. And we'll follow Remote Pass as you continue your journey in the future. Thank you, Richard. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks a lot. That was very interesting. You know, as this is Dubai Works, we really do like to feature those type of companies. So well done to Kamal uh, and his team at Remote Pass and what they're doing. I'm definitely going to check it out for some of our uh, riders in other the loving cities and see what we can do with Remote Pass. Uh, as always, thank you to Shahir and Ali who put the show together. It is available on Smashy TV. Uh, apps uh, on smart TVs on mobile devices as a full video but also if you're listening on audio podcast uh, you can catch it there do like comment share on social media uh, smashy is a streaming service we're also doing a lot of live sports in the UAE it's uh, mid-season at the moment or uh, off-season uh, there aren't any uh, league streaming at the moment but we are gearing up for the 2022-2023 season where we'll have futsal volleyball and handball and hopefully we'll have an announcement soon that we'll be adding a new sport onto Smashy as well. Uh, so I would encourage you if you like this just to check out the, the app to see the streaming service. Uh, but if you're more into the business content, uh, there will be a few more announcements around other versions of Dubai Works Business Podcast uh, in the future as well. Or you can check out Smashy Business on Instagram where you get all your startup news daily. And there's also an Arabic show called Smashy Tech that mainly goes out on our app and on uh, Snapchat as well. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, on Fridays, 11 o'clock it goes live, and then it's usually published around 2 or 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon, so you can check it out over the weekend. Have a good week and speak to you then.